Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after Toronto Raptors took down the Orlando Magic by a score of 109-99. to And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, this was not as intense as, um, you know, the wins over Miami, the win over Los Angeles. But, you know, it was still a solid win. The Raptors are now 3-0 and inside the bubble. And before I go on to recap this game, I got to tell you that, look, I know what you're thinking right now. Ever since basketball came back, you can't get buckets out of your head. And we're not just talking about basketball buckets. We're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. You know, it happens to me all the time. You know, one minute I'm talking about buckets on the podcast. The next minute I'm daydreaming about when this Orlando Magic game could finally end because it's so boring. And uh, maybe I'll go out and get a $10 Mighty Bucket for two. I mean, how can you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course a popcorn chicken? But... Don't worry, it's it's honestly, it's very normal. Um, it even happens to most NBA players during actual games. I mean, honestly, Raptors are probably thinking about KFC in the third quarter when they were really slacking off there. But um, yeah, look, it just means you're hungry. So order your bucket online at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. Yeah, so this game, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, look, I'll say this much. The Raptors raced out to a great first quarter lead. You know, they won the first quarter 26-11. to Yes, that's correct. The Orlando Magic only had... 11 points in the uh, in the first quarter. I th- believe that's a season low against the Raptors this year. Um, you know, and, and it's it makes sense. I mean, you know, um, I mean, if you just look at Orlando, like how are the, how is that team really going to be scoring against the Raptors starting five? You know, you you could say that for a lot of teams, I guess. You know, Raptors obviously having a elite starting five at this point. The Raptors starting five has been. Yeah, pretty much the best starting five in the NBA, um, you know, inside this NBA restart. If you just look by the numbers, and I got a, a story about this coming out tomorrow, but if you look at the numbers, the Raptors starting five is plus 37 in uh, 36 minutes, or 56 minutes so far inside the bubble. And really, when you look at, you know, that Laker game, obviously the Raptors started out great, 10-0 run, same deal here tonight against the Magic. You know, offensively a little clunky to start, but really turn it on, of course, up 15 after the first quarter. And kind of similarly against Miami, especially in Miami, that was the third quarter when they on the 20-7 run to uh, really establish control, like, Raptors starting five is great. And again, go back to my question. How is Orlando going to score on the Raptors starting five? Because we know Nikola Vucevic, I mean, he turns into like Kwame Brown every single time he sees Mark Gasol. Maybe that's honestly an insult to Kwame Brown. I mean, like, at least Kwame Brown gave us that great Stephen A. Smith rant. Like, it's it, it worse than Kwame Brown when he when, when Nick Vucevic goes against Mark Gasol. We saw this last year in the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously, uh, that was a big reason why the Raptors were able to get by Orlando in five games. Really should have been a sweep, but shout out DJ Augustine for that three at the end. Um, so, whatever, five games. Um, but, yeah, we know Vucevic can't do anything to Mark Gasol. Like, literally nothing. And it was the same deal today. Uh, and then you look at the rest of that rotation, right? Like DJ Augustine, you know, <laughs> I mean, 
Uh, if it isn't game one of the of the of the first round, he's not doing much. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry, Fred Lead, obviously defensively, really good combo there. Same deal with Evan Fournier. Like, you know, he wasn't really hitting his threes today. You know, had a couple of shots missed, even the ones that were open. He wasn't really getting it going. Then you look at like James Ennis. Um, I mean, oh my god, man, this guy kept missing threes. Like, it looked like every time he took a three, it was like the last option for him, and yet he still took six threes, which was. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> the most of anyone in the the Magic starting lineup. He went 0 for 6 on threes. And then it was Aaron Gordon, who honestly had a nice, you know, he had a nice run there. Unfortunately, he got hurt in this game. Uh, and it, quite honestly, it was a regrettable play by Kyle Lowry, who didn't need to foul him that hard when he sort of grabbed him by the arm in midair. Look, I called out Goran Dragic last podcast because you know, I thought that was a bit of a, a cheap shot. I don't think this is a cheap shot necessarily because I don't think it's the intention is like, let's trip a guy with my hand. But uh, at the same time, it was kind of a needlessly hard foul. Uh, I mean, I get it. The Raptors were on a bit of a you know a slow start there in the third quarter. The Magic started out nine zero uh, with a nine zero run, and you know Gordon was really getting off. You know he he, he made a couple of defensive plays. He got a block. He took it in for a layup, and he was going hard to the rim. And you know it was a bit of a blow by on the perimeter there, and a bit of a miscommunication, I guess, defensively, you think Mark would slide over and help, but uh, instead, Kyle had to, you know, foul him, basically prevent the layup, and it was a it was a hard foul. Gordon apparently hurt his hamstring, which is not surprising because he landed basically on one leg, and he wasn't happy about it after the game. Some of his teammates were standing up for him after the game, too, so it, it, it is what it is, but I'm just, again, just the starting five, like, there's no scoring advantage for the Magic against the Raptors starting five, and so the Raptors got up to this great start. And, um, you know, what was really good was that the Raptors bench was actually able to come in and actually, you know, build on the lead, which was not happening uh, in the first two games. Uh, they were consistently getting scored, like, out, outscored, like, 50 to 15. Um, you know, Miami's bench was working them. Los Angeles, the, the Lakers bench is not even good, um, especially now that they're banged up. And the Lakers bench was was working the Raptors bench, so... It was nice to see the Raptors bench come in today and give um, a solid effort. I wouldn't say it's the best uh, game that they played. Um, you know, and if you look on the other side, guys like Wesson Wundu, guys like Gary Clark Jr. Uh, actually, I think that's a guitarist. Just, just Gary Clark um, and 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 Terrence Ross. You know, they they all were in double digits and they sort of um, were able to put their mark on the game. But at least the Raptors bench played them to an even, which at this point I will take. Um, considering how much they've struggled and you know especially in that first half there the bench was able to come in especially in that second quarter and just sort of like float you know the team a little bit give them a little bit more of a a cushion you know build a lead to the point where the Raptors were up 20 at halftime and that's you know thanks in large part to guys like Norman Powell who had a nice game off the bench I mean I would say this is average for Norm 14 points 5 of 10 shooting 22 uh, minutes off the bench we've seen Norm do a lot more than that this year but Given the circumstances, given they only played 22 minutes, I would take 14 points on 50% shooting with three threes. That's really not bad at all. Uh, you know, I, I like that the first play, basically, Norm got into the game. They immediately called his number, and it's that classic Norm play where you have one guy triggering the ball from one side of the floor. Norm's on the other side, comes around a screen from Serge Ibaka, so he has a bit of a uh, head of steam going to the basket. Pass hits Norm right in the hands. Norm takes one hard dribble, two steps, boom, right to the rim for a left-handed layup. Um, you know, and, and that sort of explosion was there, was there for Powell. He had a two-handed dunk at one point, driving straight through the defense for a dunk. Again, these are things that you, you know, you, you come to expect from Norm nowadays. Like, he's he's been that good this season where, 
yeah, you do expect him to just drive through the defense and dunk because that's that's honestly what he did for a lot of the year. So uh, they got Norm uh, going to the basket a couple times. They got Norm a couple of threes off a couple of nice rotations. You know, one play, I think Rondé drove into the middle of the lane. Uh, defense collapsed, you know, kicked it out to Norm. He hit the three. So, you know, Norm played well, uh, I, I would say, you know, and, and, you know, whatever. I mean, defensively, there were a couple of gas against Terrence, but for the most part, he did a decent job on Terrence Rouse, too, um, you know. And then even with Serge, I, I, I thought Serge defensively wasn't quite there, um, you know, uh, l- noticeably slow in terms of reading the game. Uh, obviously, we know Serge is a vet. He knows how to play defense. He's a great defender, actually. But, um, you know, I think maybe it's just a contrast between, like, seeing what Mark's been doing and then Serge comes into the game and he's just, like, a half-beat late. Uh, but, you know, uh, you can really notice it. And, and you know, there were a couple of rotations that were missed. There was one play where, you know, Terrence Ross, uh, you know, broke free in the perimeter, you know, went back door and caught a lob for an alley-oop. And uh, Norman Serge kind of had a discussion about it and it was like, you know, you got to help in that situation. There's a screen up top that's up to the low man there to, like, you know, pick up the play and, and rotate back and protect the basket. Serge just was kind of asleep on that play. And there was a couple of plays where, you know, when Vucevic did go against Serge, he was able to get a couple of baskets off. But for the most part, I thought Serge offensively at least was active. You know, he created some of his own baskets by going for offensive rebounds. Uh, I like that portion of his game. You know, obviously with the bench, there is more of an onus for guys to come in and create because you don't have the infrastructure that you have with, like, you have, look at the starting line. You have Lowry's a point guard, Fred Milley's a point guard, Pascal Siakam essentially is a third-string point guard, uh, Marcus Gasol essentially is a point center. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot of passing. There's a lot of chemistry. The ball movement is amazing within the starting lineup. Uh, but when, when you come to the bench, I mean, especially, you know, with, I guess, McCaw out. And McCaw was kind of that third-string point guard, especially for the bench. No one on the bench is really looking to set anyone else up. Everyone on the bench is just coming in and trying to score. So, if that is the case, then, you know, you do have to kind of create a bit more of your own offense. And I thought Serge getting to the glass is one way to do it. Um, you know, surprisingly missed three of his free throws today. All three, oh for three today from the free throw line. Um, some of them were kind of bad misses. Yeah, Serge is a pretty consistent player, so I'm a little perplexed as to why you know he was so sharp in the scrimmages. Like he had that one game he went eight for ten, and he was like the Raptors' best player. I think he got first star in the podcast too. But you know, he went from that like literally a week and a half ago to now, where he's kind of struggling a little bit. But at least offensively, he got in the mix a little bit more. Um, and, and, you know, the bench was able to come in and supplement um, the starters. But really, you know, it was just a it was a simple game. I mean, honestly, like, the Magic just didn't have enough offensive firepower. They were at 35 points at halftime. They were down 55 to 35. Um, and it was just they couldn't hit any threes. And, and really, that didn't change. Like, they, they hit, a you know, maybe like two, three threes in that stretch there at the end of the third quarter, started the fourth quarter, and it was like, okay, maybe they'll come back. You know, they're, they're cutting it down to like eight. You know, who knows? Maybe they, you know, get a steal here. They go another way. Like, maybe the game's tied. Who knows, right? But it just never happened <laughs> uh, because they just couldn't hit threes. Like, they shot 11-41 from three. A lot of them were wide open, especially down the stretch. It's kind of painful watching it because I'm like, as a Raptor fan, I could tell the Raptors are just like, let's just get this over with. Um, let's try to do minimal effort to get through this assignment. It kind of reminds me of, like, you know, when you're in grade 12 and you have your, like, university acceptance and that's all wrapped up. And then you're coming into that, like, May-June stretch when they're like, you got to study for this biology exam. And I'm like, I don't need to memorize the Krebs cycle. Like, I'm just going to skip through this and, like, 
I don't know, play video games or chill with my friends or whatever. Because I don't care. There's, there's no consequence. And it, that's kind of how I felt with the Raptors. They were kind of putting in that minimal effort. Um, but even still, even with the minimal effort, and the Raptors, you know, defensively, we know they can do a lot. But, yeah, even with the minimal effort, man, they, they the, the Magic with open threes, they were missing those too. So it, it was it was tough to watch. It was tough to watch for this team. Um, but, you know, uh, chances are good that the Raptors get to face the Magic, uh, you know, again in the first round. I mean, um you know, with the way the sort of standings are right now, uh, the Magic, I believe, are currently in the uh, are in the seventh seed. Um, I, I guess they gotta wait for this uh, this this Nets game to officially end here. The the you know they were able to beat um, Bud's <laughs> Bud's Bucks, which was very funny that this uh, the Long Island uh, Nets is what I've been calling them now. Long Island Ice T Nets, um, because that's essentially a G League team. But okay, yeah, actually, no, they're going to still be in the seventh seed. But realistically, based on the way the Nets are, like the roster, like you would expect Orlando to take over that seventh seed, and that's probably the two seven matchup with the Raptors. If that is the case, I mean, just expect more of these kind of games where you know Orlando doesn't have enough firepower, especially against a great defensive club like the Raptors. And honestly, I didn't even see that much of a struggle for the Raptors to score. Um, yeah, obviously, part of that is because Jonathan Isaac has unfortunately, you know, torn his ACL, uh, and you know he is done basically for the season, if not for all of next season. It, it's a very serious injury. That's a year long injury. Same thing happened with uh, with Clay in the finals. So you know, like it, I mean, Clay's still not back, right? So um, yeah. So without Isaac, you know, he is a guy who is a great defender. And then you look at even Aaron Gordon. When he wants to, he can, you know, dial it up. Physic- the physicalities there, obviously, we know he's athletic. Um, you know, he can make a couple of plays. You know, we'll see the extent to which his hamstring is injured. But, like, it, you know, they don't even have the defensive firepower that they had, you know, last year going against the Raptors, where they were able to make it tough once, once or twice. Like, Kawhi had a game where he shot, like, 30%, you know, on the road. Pascal had to come in and close the game. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they just don't have the firepower defensively, and they didn't even look that locked in, which is strange because you know Steve Clifford, if anything else, he's a guy who gets his team to focus and play defense, and that's pretty much the only way the Orlando Magic are going to succeed. And they didn't really do that for a lot of this game. The Raptors scored what 109 points, shot 49 percent from the field, 36 percent from three. They got to the free throw line 30 times, 25 assists. Like this is just a efficient outing, and that's when you you know factor in the fact that. Kyle only has eight points tonight, okay? It wasn't like Kyle was going off or whatever. He didn't really get to the rim much. You know, jacked up a couple threes, only shot two of seven. This wasn't like, okay, Kyle Lowry versus the Lakers. It was not like that. Uh, And then even if you look at Pascal, I mean, Pascal, you know, was also a little bit tentative with his offense. Five of 12, um, shooting from the field, 15 points. He had seven turnovers, which is, uh, I don't know, it's slightly concerning that Pascal hasn't really inserted himself. Um, I don't think the matchups were great. Today, I thought the matchup would be a lot better, but, you know, he, he unfortunately was not able to really shake loose like that. Got to the rim once or twice, you know, had a 30-3 in the fourth quarter there, but, you know, had some... Had, the seven turnovers is just hard to overlook. Like, it's just something so loose about the way Pascal was playing. Um, you know, everything about this game is, like, 20% too loose right now. You just gotta, like, tighten everything up and just, like, really focus. Um, and I think that's where the turnovers speak to, but... Um, yeah, it's not like, you know, the Raptors' top two guys, they did, they combined for, you know, 23 points on 7 of 21 shooting. Like, it wasn't that great <laughs> um, with 11 turnovers combined. And yet, the Magic still allowed, like, a really efficient offensive game for the Raptors. So, 
um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this playoff matchup. Only in the sense that I think it'll be, you know, a little bit difficult to watch. But uh, as for this game itself, you know, I, I thought um, I thought Fred VanVleet was really, really nice. Uh, really uh, built off of the momentum of that uh, Heat game where he came in, gave you 36 points, gave you that game-saving steal on uh, Goran Dragic. Um, you know, Fred tonight, 21 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds, 8 of 13 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. It's a pretty good defense against, uh, you know, Augustine and Fournier as well. But realistically, this, I mean, the best part of this game for Fred was just the highlights. If you get a chance to go watch what Fred was doing with some of these plays, because he was nasty. Like, he had a play driving in transition, kind of didn't even really have numbers. Uh, had Markel Fultz backpedaling and then just hit him with a quick crossover, completely froze Fultz. And Fred was able to step past and get in for the left-handed layup. It wasn't quite when uh, Fred VanVleet dropped Markel Fultz on a crossover before pulling up for three uh, earlier in the season when the Raptors played the Magic like three times in a month, which was, again, very painful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Fred, he, man, he he froze Markel Fultz on that one. He had some TV3s as well. And then uh, in the second half... You know, he had, what, Evan Fournier against them one-on-one. I'm not saying Evan Fournier is a great defender, but, you know, Fred VanVleet driving one-on-one against the guy going to the rim is always usually a bit of a dicey proposition, uh, especially when Fournier is, what I mean, you know, Fournier is not a great defender by any means, but he's, like, at least 6'3". Fred is, like, 5'11". I'm, I'm a little generous with that. 5'11". Yeah, let's say 5'11". Um, so he's shorter, but Fred was able to just drive into Fournier's body uh, press up on him, and then he tossed in this like ridiculous reverse layup where you know he drove past the baseline, uh, and then just tossed it up behind his head. You know he did, wasn't even looking at the basket. Somehow it, it bounces right in. Fred had some great highlight plays in this one, and really honestly, in a game where a lot of other players weren't really showing a lot of like you know um, focus and, and, and tenacity, Fred really came in there and gave them a lot of just you know stability. And, and you know again, we just have to really appreciate that the Raptors have. Both a guy like Kyle Lowry and a guy like Fred VanVleet, the Orlando Magic have had Edmund Fournier as their franchise player for what feels like tw- like six decades, um, and 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 or like DJ Augustine, like you know, come on, man, uh, having Fred VanVleet as your you know second point guard is is unbelievable when you compare it to that. So Fred was awesome. He you know the fact that he had ten assists with zero turnovers is also again just like he brought a lot of stability to a game where everyone else is a little lackadaisical. Um, you know, OG, I thought did really well offensively. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, listen, the, the crossovers and, and spin moves and everything like that, it, it you know, I, I was a little afraid that we were getting a little bit too hype about it because it was just a couple scrimmages and we're talking about like five or six plays. You cross up like Mario Hazonia, no big deal. But now we're seeing it against Anthony Davis where we're seeing it uh, on a consistent basis. Now you will try like two, three times a game. And we saw it early in the early in the game today, where you know he came off a pick and roll, a defender tried to spin him one way, he spun the other way, was able to get to his preferred um, direction into the middle of the floor, you know, sort of got into the middle of the lane, saw Vucevic there, and then hit Vucevic with a quick spin move, got all the way to his got to his left hand and finished. And you know, honestly, man, um, it looks good. It looks good. It looks really good. Um, the footwork, the balance is there for him, which is something that's been an issue for OG. Usually when he drives to the basket, sort of doesn't have necessarily the coordination that 
you know that, that really tight coordination that like a guy like Pascal will have. You know what I mean? He's able to contort his body, even if he jumps off all weird angles off the wrong foot, he's still able to you know get a steady shot off. OG can sometimes lose his balance. His balance looks better, especially on the spin moves now, and 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 just offensively, they're just looking for OG. Like he had twelve points today, didn't shoot a single single three pointer, and a lot of it was just him going to the basket. You know they're making that um, that little curl. When OG sort of comes from the top of the floor, comes off two screens, goes to the rim for the alley oop, they're making that a, a bit of a you know more of a staple play for for OG. Um, and and even the post up man, um, you know he's just strong as hell down there. <laughs> like that's it, it's you know it, it's sort of simple and and rudimentary, and that it's sort of to the point. But I mean, after after watching Kawhi, I have to say I have no issues with a simple player. I think you know whatever is effective, you make that move. And OG in the post with the strength and the size that he has, going up against like an Evan Fournier or DJ Augustine, like it's easy. You could just again, if he has his balance, he can collect himself, go straight up. He's a reliable finisher down there too. And in you know this is one of those this, in this game, you know they they actually took a basket away from OG because they said he traveled on a on a spin move in the post, but. And the replay showed, you know, he was able to keep his uh, pivot foot down. So, uh, again, I, I just think, you know, OG's, he's really, really impressed me in the first three games here. Uh, and, and I love it because, man, you're going to need a very engaged OG heading into the playoffs. He's super, super important. Um, defensively, he didn't really have that much to do today. But, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like anyone was getting anything easy against OG pretty much ever. Um and then lastly, yeah, I mean, you know, it goes without saying, but Marcus Gasol versus Nick Vucevic, uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate, man. It's it's just unfortunate for Nick Vucevic. Um, you know, you know, Nick was able to get like a, a layup over Pascal. He's able to, you know, uh, drive on surge a little bit. Pretty much anyone else, you know, Nick Vucevic. You know, you could see, okay, this is a guy who gave you twenty and ten. You know, he's a skilled offensive player for sure. But against Marcus Gasol, I, I, like I said, this guy just can't do anything, man. I, I was watching it closely. Uh, the first matchup, uh, Vucevic went against Mark, tried for a little post hook. Mark was right in his grill, contested it. It, it fell short. And then Nick Vucevic tried to pop a three. Mark was kind of there as well, missed that. Uh, then it was a reverse layup. He missed that. Uh, a putback. He missed that. Uh, it was. It was. <laughs> it was just comical watching. Uh, Nick tried to do stuff against Mark. Now, eventually, he got a couple of shots to go. Uh, he hit a three. Again, this time, Mark just didn't even bother closing out on him. Uh, and he hit that three. So, congrats. This is starting to appear in the fourth quarter where the Raptors were comfortably ahead. Um, and then he had a play where he sort of drove against Mark. Uh, Mark blocked him at the rim, uh, but the referees called it a foul. They wanted the replay. Nick challenged the play because, honestly, you know, you got to respect how much, uh, <laughs> like, you. It's just such a funny move to make where, you know, obviously Vucevic has struggled with Mark so much that, um, you know, you should just let him have one. Um, just, you know, because it wasn't like it was going to affect the game. It wasn't like, okay, this is a two-point game. He drives in and it's kind of a close call. Let's challenge that. Like, no, the Raptors were up like 13, 14 points with like three minutes to go. You didn't need to do this. But Nick decides, you know what? <laughs> just on principle, I don't believe Nick Vucevic scored on Mark, so I'm going to go to the replay here. And when I watched the video going back, honestly, Mark kind of got him. Mark got him cleanly on the block. Maybe there's a little bit of contact on the body, but, I mean, it's two seven-footers contesting at the rim. There's no way you, those guys aren't going to, like, bump bodies a little bit. Mark got him cleanly on the block up top on the ball. So, um, whatever. But, you know, Mark actually had a great reaction um, <laughs> to, the, uh, to, the, to, the, to the call. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, Vucevic, man, he just can't do anything against Mark. Like, it's it's unfortunate. And what was really funny was the Raptors actually opened this game, uh, and this might speak to the focus when you open the game like this, but they opened the game with uh, an intent to really force-feed Mark Gasol. Now, this happens a lot. You see it in not just this team. You saw it in previous Raptors teams. You know, they used to always force-feed JV early on to get him engaged. It's a common tactic with, with the big men. You give him a couple of touches early on, get him engaged so they can play defensively. We know, we know Mark is a very unselfish guy. He doesn't need any sort of prompting to play defense. Um, you know, he's just going to buy in. If he does, if he takes two shots in the whole entire night, he will still defend um, completely and wholeheartedly. But, yeah, they got Mark a lot of looks. They got him, what, four shots in the first three minutes. Uh, he was taking, like, weird loopy, like, you know, the turnaround jumpers. Uh, he was getting to the basket. You know, what? one play where, you know, he had Aaron Gordon in the post. The ball was fed to Mark. Mark was able to spin, get all the way clear, and dunk with two hands at the rim. And then Mark was able to pop two threes as well throughout the course of the game. And, and yeah, this is what I'm looking for with Mark, right? All this stuff seems completely doable. Like, Mark is always going to have a mismatch at some point. You find Mark, he makes a move, he scores. Uh, Mark can probably do his little turnaround jumper in the mid-range. But uh, to be honest, those things just don't work well. It's not an efficient shot for him anymore. Maybe it never was, but it definitely isn't now. Uh, but And then the top of the three, uh, floor threes. Like, you just mix in, like, one post-up basket, like, you know... Like a, like you know, a couple of threes, like two free throws, three free throws here and there. Like just get the double digits. I feel like if Mark hit the low double digits, like I feel like that is a huge win for the Raptors' uh, offense. Again, it's not asking you for a lot, and a guy like Mark, he's talented. He he can score. Um, you know, it's not asking you too much, but you know, if he can give you that scoring on top of the fact that he's provided excellent defense in all three games now, um, yeah. Like, you know, I think that would uh, that would really go a long way. So I've already gone on long enough about this Orlando Magic game. Again, if you can't already tell by my tone, it's just don't like watching the Magic. They're painfully boring um, and they're just annoying. Like, as my colleague Amit said on Twitter, you know, what what's really annoying about the Magic is they could just lose by 20 and everyone can have a good time. But instead, they will fight like hell to just lose by 10 <laughs> and you have to watch till the end. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, they th- this is a team that is mad annoying, but you know whatever. Uh, hopefully everyone's healthy there, or at least as healthy as possible. And yeah, hopefully. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, to, I guess I'd rather see the Nets than the Magic in the playoffs, but who knows? That first round's gonna be a little dull. Um, in terms of the three stars for tonight's game, first star goes to Fred Mamlee, twenty-one points, ten rebounds, four uh, rebounds, a steal, eight of thirteen from the field, two of five from three. Uh, an assortment of highlights. Again, if you if you go back and watch any highlights from this game, just watch what Fred VanVleet did to guys like Evan Fournier and Markel Fultz. Just a nasty, nasty player. When when Fred makes his moves and when he makes his shots, it looks so smooth. Uh, Fred had a great game today. Again, just really set the tone in a game where no one else was really working that hard. Uh, second star, I'm giving that to uh, Mark Gasol, uh, aid defensively against Nick Vucevic. Vucevic, what, 12 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 of 10 shooting. Again, like I said, at least 6 of those points were against other players. So really when Nick was going up against Mark, it was really just like 6 points he had on him. Um, yeah, and, and Vucevic clearly is a guy who, especially with the Magic short a couple of players on the wing, like they really need Nick Vucevic to give you like 20 points, maybe even 30 points. 
And and no, he gives you Kwame Brown production when he's guarded by Mark Gasol. And Mark also gave you the scoring, 13 points, 6 rebounds, an assist, a steal, 5-7 from the field with two threes in 25 minutes. I'll take that any day from Mark Gasol. And then the third star, I'm giving that to uh, OG Ananobi, 12 points, 5 rebounds, an assist, 5-7 from the field. Uh, again, just I, I liked his aggression. I, I, the spin move is is really growing on me. I really enjoy it. whoever is in the Raptors uh, a coaching staff that's teaching all these guys spin moves. Give that guy a raise. I don't know who it is, but who, whoever it is on that maybe it's Jim San or whoever. Like just give that guy a raise. Um, give that person a raise. Um, because yeah, it's it's been beautiful to watch Pascal do it, and now you know OG seems like he's falling down a little bit of that path where he's got the spin move down too. So. Uh, it, it's been nice to see OG makes a couple of plays, uh, sc- scoring the ball. And, of course, defensively, didn't have that much of an assignment, but I thought he did well defensively as well. So um, in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, I'm going to give that to... I don't even know who I'm going to give that to, to be honest. Like, the Magic leading score was Terrence Ross was 15. So maybe I'll give it to T. Ross, but honestly, like, T. Ross, like, you know... You, he got so frustrated with the Raptors' defense at one point that he just, like, threw his mouth guard like it was Steph Curry in the finals. Um, you know, and you got a you got a tech for it. He just looked frustrated. I can't even give it to Terrence really because like the Raptors kind of completely scouted. Obviously, they had Terrence for a long time, so they're familiar with him. But they just pressure him really closely on the uh, you know throughout the whole game. When he comes across the screen, everyone knows he's going to jack up the shot and pull up. The Raptors are really good at sending an extra guy. Usually, the big man Mark with Serge comes and pressures uh, Ross right at the shot. Ross, you know, is able to like pass out of that to the to the rolling big man occasionally, and they, they, that worked one time with Ken Burch for a dunk. But they just have Terrence completely scouted, right? They they really defend him well. So um, I'm, I'm not even give it to him. I'm going to give it to uh, Gary Clark, uh, who again I, I think that's that's a guitarist, um, you know. Uh, but whatever, uh, yeah, ten points, uh, five rebounds for Gary Clark, uh, the former uh, what Houston Rockets player. Uh, shot four of six from the field, two of four from three, you know, got in, in the mix with a couple of offensive rebounds. Again, the bar is low. The bar is low. Okay, so 10 points, five rebounds. That will get you the Gerald Henderson Award in 15 minutes off the bench for, for Gary Clark. But overall, yeah, it was uh, not that exciting of a game, to be honest. Um, the Raptors are now 3-0. They are, so unfortunately, they have not actually clinched a second seed yet. They are their magic number to clinch a second seed. I believe is just one. Uh, they actually play the Boston Celtics, um, you know, on Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So you know, if the Raptors just win that game, you have the second seed locked up. There's very little left to play for. You know, I mean, there's an outside chance to catch Milwaukee, but that's not realistic. It's the the Bucks are a little bit too far ahead, even though they are out here losing to Chris Gioza. All right, this guy, they really the Milwaukee Bucks could not beat a man named Dumpling. Um, and you know it's it's it is what it is, but yeah, the second seed is the most important thing here. And the Raptors play the Celtics, and the Celtics, congratulations, they bounced back from um, their 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 last game where they lost. Uh, forget who they lost to, but you know, I just know that they lost. Uh, who do they play, man? I I don't know. I'm watching too much basketball these days. But yeah, I mean, you know, they they beat their Brooklyn Nets today, one forty nine to one fifteen. Jeez, I I can't believe the Bucks weren't able to do that the other day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it seems like the Raptors are mostly safe. Even if they lose that game against the the, the Celtics, which would be devastating, 
to my pride. Um, but, you know, even if they just lost them to the Celtics, like the Raptors, if they take just one more game down the stretch here, they're going to get the second seed. So um, I'm not sure how that's going to impact how the Raptors play. I think the Raptors into – oh, they lost to the Heat. That's right. They, that, that's right. The Boston Celtics lost to the Miami Heat on the second out of a back-to-back without Jimmy Butler in the lineup. Uh, it was actually real cute that uh, – you know, Brad Stevens tried to use uh, Nick Nurse's strategy. Like I mentioned, actually, on the pod, go back and listen to it. Uh, you know, when I talked about how OG was the one guarding Bam, I said explicitly in that podcast that, that someone scouting this game is going to be copying this move by Nick Nurse. And lo and behold, literally the next night, um, you know, the Boston Celtics replicate the same strategy using Jalen Brown to guard uh, Bam Adebayo. And uh, guess what? It did not work. Uh, Adebayo had 21 points. Um, Adebayo got to the free throw line. Oh, man, let me pull up this box score here. Yeah, Adebayo got to the free throw line um, 17 times. Am I reading this right? No, I'm on the wrong day. Uh, just hold on here. I want to get this slander correct because, you know, factual slander is the most important. Um, yeah, uh, Adebayo got to the free throw line 18 times. Sorry, my bad. So uh, so he shot 11 of 18, but 21 points for Adebayo. You know, it, you know, if you compare it to the game against OG, Adebayo had no free throws. Um, yeah. You know, it's not the same. Adebayo had time against OG, had 21 against Brown. Team defense matters there too, but again, individual defense also matters. Not everyone is OG. Very few players are OG, you know? So, um, but yeah, you know, the Boston Celtics lost to Miami Heat. And honestly, the Celtics, if it wasn't, like, honestly, they're like one miss three by, like, like Damian Lillard away from being 0-3 at the bubble so far. They don't look that great on the whole. Who knows? I mean, Raptors, Celtics, that's going to be a close game, so I'm not slandering them based on their ability, but... Um, that should be a good one. That should be a good one. That should be a lot better than uh, Raptors Magic. So, uh, hopefully the Raptors can just wrap up and, and wrap up the the, uh, the second seed, win that one, take care of business. Uh, but even if they don't, don't panic. There's plenty of time to to go out there and lock that down. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Big thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. Um, and yeah, so I'll be back. Actually, I'll be back tomorrow with a. Uh, with a podcast to sort of look back at sort of the week so far, the, the three games I'm going to have, uh, you know, podcast favorite big V uh, on to sort of break down the three games and just look at where the Raptors stand at the moment. Um, you know, and big V has been writing some great analysis pieces. Um, and so we're going to talk about all those things. So look at the podcast tomorrow and, um, yeah. So thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for everyone who called into the call in show, uh, on, uh, on, on Tuesday, that was a lot of fun. Uh, as a reminder, the, the Colin show will be there next Tuesday as well. We're gonna move the times around a little bit so you guys sort of keep you know uh, keep listening. You know, kind of right now with the playoffs and everything like that, it's gonna be a bit of a moving schedule. But um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The next podcast, the next live Colin show will be next Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern with me and Josh Hart taking calls. So please call in. Um, but yeah, that uh, Raptors are three and zero. Things are good. Everyone's healthy. We move on to the next one. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.